Hey, welcome everybody. It's time once again for another episode of Driven by Design. The one show, maybe the only show that talks about everything that's driving us today, including the things that drive us crazy. Today, we're going to get serious and talk about driving without any gas. Can it really happen? I don't know. Brian Thompson, he's the man. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, we have a special guest, as we always have a special guest, but this one is going to tell us a lot about the future. This is Joe Brighton. And, and did you say Britain or Brighton? Uh, Britain. Britain. Sorry about that. This is Joe Britton. And uh, he is from an association called Zeta. And Zeta is t- bringing us a world without internal combustion engines. <laughs> That's the quickest way I can get this number. But let me, uh, let me let you uh, describe what is Zeta for our viewers. Go by Zeta. I guess it's up for interpretation, but um, we are a organization of folks that really whose values and strategic interests uh, drive a goal that every vehicle by 2030 ought to be an electric vehicle. Uh, so we've got you know some of the the EV manufacturers like Tesla, Rivian, Lordstown, Lucid, Faraday, Arrival, uh, Proterra. We've got battery folks like Panasonic and some battery recyclers uh, like Lifecycle, um, Redwood Materials, uh, Advanced Battery uh, Metals Corporation. Uh, there's a whole host of folks that on the supply side, so lithium, cobalt, nickel, and then we've got nearly every charging company and a host of utilities like Duke, Southern, PG&E, Southern California, Edison. So basically the entire ecosystem and sector coming together to advocate for an accelerated transition to electric vehicles. And so uh, we're federally focused, so we're talking to Congress and the administration, so EPA, Department of Energy, Department of Transportation, and uh, it, as you might imagine, during the transition, it's a little bit of a foot race right now, uh, but we're uh, diving in and doing our best to get people bought in on an aspirational goal for electric vehicles. And, and that's a great way to end what you just said. So to be bought in on a world of electric vehicles. Now, you know, as my, as a, my background is, you know, 20-year veteran in the car industry, designing cars, you know, for I would say the first 10 years, everything was an ICE, you know, uh, internal combustion engine. And then this idea of like, e-vehicles started to come out of the niche world and become something that, oh, I think we could actually see that happening. And then when self-driving cars became reality of what's coming in yeah. the projects, it's like, okay, we're going there. But I think what will help people understand, I think what people would want to understand when they hear you explain the the agency is how how is the buy-in happen? What does that mean when you say a Tesla is bought in? What have they bought into? Obviously, Tesla is an electric car company already, but what does that mean to the average Joe? Yeah. Well, that's a, a good question. So, I mean, all of our members have come together under this North Star of every vehicle sold by 2030 should be an EV. So they're bought in. What we're trying to get bought in is uh, lawmakers, and some of the federal policymakers. And I think that's step one to write, set the right policy, have strong consumer incentives, uh, investments in federal charging infrastructure, and then the right performance and emission standards to send the right market signals that this is a transition that as a country we're going to make in the next 10 or 15 years and not the next 40 or 50 years. So mm-hmm. that's kind of our primary focus. We're going to, you know, in, increasingly do public education on this. I think some folks, you know, have a 2005 or even a 1995 view of the electric vehicle. Um, we're, we're not living in the uh, Nissan Leaf alone space. Obviously, there's, uh, you know, and we're going to have, you know, 25 uh, more models, I think, out in the next couple of years uh, for, you know, that are going to be the kind of car that you're going to, you know, want to load your family into and go to soccer practice and have 
three or 400 miles range, just like you would with a normal uh, gas powered car. And so the technology is changing. Uh, the prices are coming down right now. There's uh, six models that uh, cost less than the average MSRP for their, their counterparts in the sedan market. And, you know, I, I think right now, you know, the real benchmark is about a hundred dollars per kilowatt hour for the battery. When we think there's going to be a real catalyst that's coming down to $75 per kilowatt hour, might make it its way down to $50 per kilowatt hour. And when we do that, you'll see a dramatic shift. That's the catalyst. Cause right now there's already, you know, maintenance and service and fuel savings. And especially with a strong federal incentive, um, you know, we're going to be at price parity and beyond, and this is just going to be a no brainer. And so I think that's the place that, you know, we're trying to in- increase, um, you know, consumer awareness and escalate that catalyst moment where we move to a zero emission future. And I don't know if, if you've driven many EVs. The other thing is that the performance and the torque is dramatic. You're not waiting for the RPMs to rev. You're off and going. And so that's another part of this. Yeah. That just that's about a great segue here. So let's talk about uh, performance and the excitement of driving. Would you, are you, do you come at this industry from an enthusiast? Simple, are you a car, would you call yourself a car guy or are you more from a different part of it? Yeah, well, actually, so I, I come at it from two ways. One is um, when I was uh, a sophomore in high school, I don't know if you guys had a career day. My career day was spent at the auto body shop. Um, and I don't know that I was envisioned myself as a, a guy that was going to spend the rest of his life there, but I, I took classes at the local community college in high school, and I, I um, you know, fully restored a 1976 GMC Sierra Grande pickup. I did a 62 uh, Ford Galaxy XL, a 75 Jeep CJ. So I come at it from that standpoint, uh, but also I'm, I'm, a, I'm a climate and conservation guy, and so I also feel strongly about emissions and public health and decarbonization. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's kind of a kind of – you're a, you have a collaborative set of interests <laughs> you're bringing together with well, a perfect job for you, really. Exactly. Um, the reason I ask that is because I, you know, I've you know, been in cars for so long and I, you know, have my fair share of vintage restorations, but everything that I see coming in terms of the actual cars I'm designing, you know, they don't even have steering wheels anymore, much less an ICE, you know, like they're, they're, they're full on robots nowadays. Yeah. So what I often hear people say is, you know, they're, they're thinking, a step further, which is I, I don't want to give up my steering wheel. And then when I say they, I mean, typically it's generationally focused. What sure. do you say when uh, you, when you, if you get that pushback from a pure traditionalist that says, that's not a car, it's electric. You know, what, what, how do you, what, is, what emotion does that evoke in you? What, what do you want to communicate to them? Well, there was a, in, in, I know you guys are posting this on YouTube. This was probably eight to 10 years ago. They had a, one of the uh, highest performing drag uh, racing cars out there um, line up against a stripped down Tesla and it got smoked. So yeah. I, I think, you know, you talk about uh, performance and what is traditional. I think, you know, nobody's going to want to go back to, you know, burning fuel and being slower. Uh, you know, that's a great way to put it, burning fuel and being slower. There's, there's, you know, the, the, the psychology of cars is such a different uh, aspect than the functionality of cars, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, people buy cars for very irrational reasons, even though in their mind they're very logical. You know, the best mileage, the safety, etc. But really, at the end of the day, it comes down to what does that car make you feel? Otherwise, there I wouldn't have a job, right? Designing these cars, right? You, you yeah. have to make somebody feel something. And one of the things I often hear is it's the sound of the engine, it's the 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 vibration of the NASCAR style, like. Uh, noises and smells of the gasoline that make people uh, get enthusiastic. So f- for me, it's like, yes, that's true. 
I enjoy that. But there's also another side of car design, which is the high tech. And it actually can make me feel something that I didn't even expect. Mm -hmm. Do you find that you're experiencing that as well? Or do you, how, how have your experiences been when somebody who is, let's say, resistant to the idea of an electric car experiences what you're talking about? Do you have a, like a story of maybe somebody going, pow, oh my God, this thing is actually amazing. Yeah. Well, so I, I think the, uh, the the number one thing I'd say on that point is that the acceleration, again, going back to performance, yeah. if yeah. you haven't been in one of these things, you, you feel like if it had wings, it would take off. I mean, yeah. that's really what, you know, the performance is. But I think on the other front, the technology is moving rapidly. I mean, the the ability um, for these cars to suit your everyday family needs is dramatic. And I actually think the thing that, you know, probably, you know, gets more people interested in EVs than anything else is just never going back to the gas station. You start every day with a full tank of gas um, and that part of your life just kind of, you know, is over. And so I think, you know, that's something that people increasingly think about and the range, the range is increasing dramatically. And, you know, there's, I think I read this morning, the, uh, there's new models coming out that are going to be 400, 500 plus miles of range. And, you know, that's 40 or 50 times the average uh, mileage that a, a person would drive in a day. So I think, you know, there's a host of things that the technology and innovation are solving for, but, you know, everybody just needs to, you know, figure out, and they do this when they're buying a car, they go through and figure out what their family needs and, you know, what the right answers are. But, you know, certainly as price parity um, arrives, you know, you're going to save money on, on not only price, but also maintenance and service and fuel. And at that point, you add that with a superior product uh, and it's a no brainer. Yeah, it, it's an interesting uh, transition. I think people have psychologically from uh, the for what we thought of as a car to what a car is becoming. And if yep. you really break it down to what is an automobile, you know, it, it's only been around for a very short term in mm -hmm. terms of history, right? And this idea of needing to go places has been here for a long time. And then there's the underlying psychology of I want to enjoy myself doing it. And so kind of what I hear you saying is that there's these other aspects of it that if you keep your mind open, actually open up to it. Can I ask you, because uh, a lot of the, the focus of the show is the personal inspiration. What, what brought you into this industry? Why did you get involved in this? Like, what's your mission? Yeah, so I mean, the, the jumping off point was actually I was working in the U.S. Senate, uh, was chief of staff from uh, a senator from New Mexico named Martin Heinrich. He was the lead Democrat on the consumer incentive bill. So I got to know uh, these folks really well. And, you know, given my car history and background, I really enjoyed working uh, in this space. And so when I left public service, um, you know, found a, a, a real interest in having a new mission and voice for the EV community in Washington, D.C. And, um, and, you know, I started talking to folks that were, um, you know, bought in and really wanting to have a, you know, kind of a, a, a more mission-driven, purpose-driven advocacy for the electric vehicle. And um, nearly everybody said, yes, we've grown quickly. Uh, we started off with about a dozen members. We're now well over 50. And it's it's growing rapidly. I think it's actually a signal of where this sector is going. So if you look back, you know, pre-World War II, we actually had a fairly distributed automotive sector. There was a lot of consolidation over the next 10 years down to, you know, six to eight um, uh, companies. And we're now back in, the pendulum is swinging back and there's a ton of aspiring kind of insurgent companies that are putting a lot of pressure on the incumbents. I think you saw GM today announced that every model that they're gonna offer by 2035 will be an electric vehicle. Um, and I think that's response to a couple things. One is obviously a new administration 
and I think some you know federal action that we all anticipate seeing. But also there is there is a just a true passion in a lot of uh, smaller startups and aspiring companies, even some pre-revenue, that are just tackling this market, and they're going to be the the story of innovation. So I think um, you know everybody's trying to race ahead and figure out where where the consumer is going to be, and it's very clearly in an EV. Yeah, you know, it's funny, that's the brunt of my income. There are these pre-funded startups, right? They're all, um, they're like, there's so many of them really trying to get that egg, you know, like that pot of gold um, that I, you know, that, and when I think of the industry as a whole, that's the sign that this is happening because there's so many of them. Most of them will fail. That's what I always find, but they, but there'll be one or two that get there and then, and then the tipping point starts to happen. So as we sort of wrap up here, I want to ask a couple of things I know our viewers will want to know. Uh, first, uh, first, what kind of car do you drive? What's your favorite car? And how do people find you? So I, I drive a, a Model X. Um, I'm actually, I've got a reservation on a Rivian. I am very excited about my, uh, uh, you know, the RST uh, and Rivian that I, I hope to get in June. Um, but, uh, but I'm still, I'm still waiting. I'm cheering them on, hoping that it'll come as soon as possible. Um, and then, you know, folks can find us at Zeta2030.org. Um, I'm available at Joe at Zeta2030.org. Um, you could go there and you can actually see a, a really comprehensive plan, our policy platform federally on how to electrify the, the transportation sector by 2030. Um, and, you know, they're welcome to also go and ask their congressman and their senator about it. We're out there every day sharing um, what that roadmap really is and, and how they can make progress on electrification. So I'd encourage them not only to visit us, but to, you know, be active and ask their, you know, member of the U.S. House or member of the U.S. Senate, um, you know, what they're doing on transportation electrification. Yeah, that's great information. I mean, and it, it you know, the, my takeaway from all of this, again, as always, it's an exciting time to be in automotive because the concept of a car is changing so much. And I think, you know, for, for me as a, a futurist, right, somebody that lives in the future, looks back on the present as if it's the past. It's like, what a cool opportunity we have to do something really amazing, have some really uh, new kinds of experiences in, in automotive. So um, gra grateful for your work. I'm excited to see more of it. And uh, I've certainly got it on my bookmarks now. So um, please, uh, please reach out to him and let's keep this going. Yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, and and yeah, again, just invite everybody to join in this uh, movement and advocate for the transition. Yes, as my grandpa would say, thanks for being had. <laughs> thanks so much. You've been listening to another great example of all we do here on Driven by Design. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.